Welcome listeners, but take heed. We will say whatever we need to share our knowledge, thoughts, and joy, and even things that do annoy. So join us now, but be aware. We have a tendency to swear. We'll dial it back a little bit. But frankly, we don't give a shit. Welcome to Just Keep Rolling, a Harry Potter book movie compare and contrast podcast. I'm Ellen. I'm Katie. And let's just keep rolling. Right into our rolling rehash. Last week, we covered chapter one, The Boy Who Lived. We talked about how the book started out on the Dursleys and the movie omitted that and started right in on Dumbledore and McGonagall and leaving Harry on the doorstep. We kind of complained a bit about there being a baby left on the doorstep. A and bit, but okay. A bit, or maybe a lot. <laughs> we found a really interesting um, link that we're putting up on Facebook of all of the different stories that babies have been left on doorsteps. So there's quite a lot. There's quite a lot. So if you are as curious as we were, by all means, check that out. Another Potter pondering was wondering who you would want to cast as actors um, to play the characters if there were to be a Harry Potter remake. Yes, you're perfect casting. So that's up on Facebook. And as we're pretty new right now, not a lot of people have commented. But go find that post. Share your ideas. We would love to hear them so we can bring them up in future episodes. We also asked our second trivia question. Why did the Dursleys go to the zoo? And if you answered for Dudley's birthday or something along those lines, then congratulations, you were correct. Congratulations goes to Dave Garza. You were the first listener to respond on Facebook with the correct answer and the code word. Yay, Dave. So today we are going to start into chapter two, The Vanishing Glass. Ten years have passed and the only evidence of that is the pictures of Dudley around the house. There is no evidence of Harry, who is now almost 11. He is very small and skinny for his age, with green eyes, black hair that grew all over the place, glasses that were held together with tape, and a lightning bolt scar on his forehead. He is mistreated by his aunt and uncle, who refuse to let him ask any questions about his parents or anything at all. All he has been told is that they died in a car crash. They make him sleep in the cupboard under the stairs and wear Dudley's old clothes that are much too big on him. One morning, his Aunt Petunia wakes him up and tells him to look after the bacon and that everything needs to be perfect for Dudley's birthday. Dudley enters the kitchen and throws a fit because he has only 37 presents when he got 38 the previous year. While Dudley opens all his presents, Mrs. Fig calls to say she broke her leg and can't watch Harry. The Dursleys decide that they will have to take Harry to the zoo with them, and Dudley pretends to throw another tantrum. Then, Dudley's best friend Pierce Polkis arrives, and Dudley immediately stops crying. They all head to the zoo, but before leaving, Uncle Vernon pulls Harry aside and warns him that there better not be any funny business. Harry swears that he isn't going to do anything, but Vernon doesn't believe him, because strange things always seem to happen around Harry. One time, Aunt Petunia gave him a terrible haircut, and the next morning when he woke up, it looked exactly like it had before the haircut. Another time, an ugly sweater of Dudley's kept shrinking as Petunia tried to force it on Harry. He was also once punished for climbing school buildings when he somehow ended up on the roof while running from Dudley and his gang. At the zoo, the Dursleys spoil Dudley and Piers and predominantly neglect Harry as usual. Despite this, it is one of the best mornings Harry has ever had until they went to the reptile house. 
As Harry is looking at a boa constrictor, it lifts its head and winks at him. Harry and the snake have a conversation, and Piers notices what Harry is doing, and calls Dudley and Mr. Dursley over to see the snake. Dudley pushes Harry aside to get a better look at the snake. As Dudley and Piers lean forward, the glass front on the snake's tank vanishes, and the boa constrictor slithers out and playfully snaps at their heels. On the way home, Piers commented that Harry had been talking to the snake. Back home, Harry is sent to his cupboard without any meals. There he reflects on how awful it is to live with the Dursleys, how he wishes an unknown relation would come take him away, and how strangers in the streets seem to know him. Uh, in the movie, the scene zooms out from Harry's lightning bolt-shaped scar to show him waking up in a very small space. We see a woman banging on the door to the cupboard under the stairs. She unlocks the slide bolt on the door and orders him to get up. Another boy around the same age comes down the stairs and begins to jump up and down, yelling for Harry to get up because they are going to the zoo. He runs down the rest of the way, just as Harry emerges from the cupboard and pushes him back in, slamming the door and laughing. They both enter the kitchen, and the woman addresses the boy as the birthday boy and tells Harry to cook the breakfast and not burn it, because everything must be perfect for her Dudley's special day. Harry responds with yes, Aunt Petunia, and a large man sitting at the table orders Harry to hurry up and bring my coffee boy, and Harry responds with yes, Uncle Vernon. Dudley sees his presence and asks how many there are. He learns that there are 36 and freaks out because last year there were 37. Vernon tries to explain that some are bigger, but Dudley doesn't care, so Petunia says they will buy him two more when they are out. They go to the car to head to the zoo, but before Harry can get in, Vernon shuts the door and warns him that there better not be any funny business or he won't get any meals for a week. At the zoo, they go to the reptile house where Dudley and Vernon bang on the Burmese python's glass to get him to move. Harry yells that he's asleep. Dudley declares boredom and walks away and Harry apologizes to the snake, who winks at him. He is shocked and asks if he can hear him, and the snake nods. They have a whole conversation before Dudley shoves Harry aside and presses his big ugly face into the glass, which then disappears. Dudley falls into the snake's enclosure. The snake escapes, saying, Thanks! And chaos ensues. The glass reappears, trapping Dudley inside. Petunia and Vernon see him and freak out, while Harry laughs from the floor. Vernon notices Harry laughing and glares at him. When they arrive back home, Vernon roughly grabs Harry by the hair and demands to know what happened. Harry tries to explain that he doesn't know. One minute the glass was there, the next it was gone. It was like magic. Vernon shoves him into the cupboard, locks the door, and snarls, There's no such thing as magic. There's no such thing as magic. Which is kind of a lie, because... Well, it's entirely a lie, not kind We of. already know, as viewers, that <laughs> of course there's such thing as magic. And he is super magic. Yeah. Like, and... There's a lot of magic going on in that kid. Well, we don't know that about him yet, as viewers of the movie. We just saw him disappear glass. We don't know that he did it. Yeah, true. So, in this one, from this chapter to these scenes, uh, the most notable differences are a few minor changes and then there are characters that have ac actually been cut out mm -hmm. so in the book harry's not locked in the cupboard and um Dud uh, petunia does wake him up but dudley doesn't come running down the stairs and jump up and down above him yeah um nor does he shove him back into the cupboard as he walks by petunia yeah. just wakes him up from the cupboard and he goes to make the breakfast which i mean it's not that's as far as differences go, that's a pretty 
still pretty spot on for his character. Oh, I can, you can totally see Dudley doing that. It, but the fact that he's not locked in the cupboard in the book, and he is in the movie, that just shows that's a whole new level of like child abuse right there. Yeah, it's a really good way, in a simple way, to show just how awful the Dursleys are to Harry yeah. without having the book feeding it to you the way mm-hmm. that it does. It describes them as being awful to him. So just showing that, like, they lock him in a cupboard under the stairs. Yeah. That is abuse. That's horrible. That's And it, then yeah. he's got this cousin that jumps up and down and causes a dust storm on him. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's pretty nasty. Yeah. And it's, as much as it is a difference from the book to the movie, it tells the exact same story. So it, despite being a minor, it's minor. Yeah, it's minor, but it's not out of character. It's not out of character. I don't it's think it's... just, it, it, yeah, it really, it brings a whole new level of, again, of the abuse, and it brings a whole new, it, it, because we didn't have that introduction to the Dursleys in chapter one, like we discussed uh, in the last episode, right. um, we don't understand anything about them yet. This is our first introduction to them. And our first introduction is them being dicks. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, as they are. And so there's never, like, a question like, oh, well, maybe they weren't that bad. No, you there's... Know? No, they're You cannot, bad. maybe they weren't that bad people who lock a kid in a cupboard under the stairs. Like, exactly. that, like, they're garbage people. Exactly, exactly. And, and there's just no question about yeah. it at that point. And um, even though this is, it's not identical from book to movie, it tells the same story. And if anything, the movie is a little bit more effective in showing just how shitty they are. Yeah. So that's just one change. Um, another, like, super minor change that I, for the life of me, can't figure out, figure out why they even bothered changing it was um, in the book... They said that Dudley had 37 presents and was whining about having 38 last year. Yeah. And in the movie, why are they you... said 36, but it was 37 last year. Like, 36, why? But last year, last year, I had 37. Right. Why like, did you change that? Did That's... you just, like, forget the number? What? I... That's a very ridiculous. There are, there are moments where you're like, oh, they cut this out. And you're like, nah, I can kind of see why they would do that. And then there's moments where they totally change it and you're going. By one number. Why? 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 And I can understand them not wanting Dumbledore to click his put outer 12 times. Because that's going to be boring to watch that. Right. But what difference is 36 versus <laughs> yeah, 37 presents? What's make? one less present? And she even says that she's going to buy two more. Well, that's Dudley, they go being, out. that's Dudley being an asshole. Well, Dudley, Dudley's an asshole. Dudley is an asshole. So I think the absolute biggest difference from the book to the movie, like I said, they omitted some characters. Mm-hmm. And so the first character that we see missing is Mrs. Fig. Yes. Because in the Which book... I kind of wish we would have... I wish we would have seen her. Yeah. I, well, I don't think the, the screenplay writers knew what her role is. Like, she's just some random neighbor lady who likes cats. Yeah. I don't think they... I mean, we're looking at... We're... When you're looking at a movie, you're looking at a time frame. Right. You know? You don't entirely realize, like, oh, this person's going to come back later, and right, we and should and, have her and in J.K. There. Rowling is so skilled in inserting little things early on that she then makes way more significant later, and that little touch early on is it's just little bits of real magic yeah. for the readers, and it honestly, her presence in the movie did nothing for the story. Yeah, and and so I can understand why they omitted her. But it still would have been a neat little touch. It would have been nice. And it would have been nice, too, to see that also this isn't 
a normal occurrence for Harry to get to go on an outing right, with Right, that's true. Because in, in, you know, to watch the movie and to see that, you're kind of going, oh, well, he goes to, well, you're not really necessarily say, thinking this, but. Maybe we out. are. Maybe we are, <laughs> we don't know. Um, but you're, you're watching it and you're going, oh, well, he goes to, he, oh, they, they take to him to do stuff all the time. Yeah, you know? Dudley's yeah, like. totally normal. Dudley's sure. like, wake up, we're going to the zoo. And he's all excited about it. This seems like something that happens. Yeah. Except for the fact that, for Harry, it's not. And the yeah. book establishes that. Exactly. Because in the book, obviously, they tell you the whole story about how he has to go and stay with Mrs. Fig anytime they go and do something right. fun. It brings it more home to the fact that they don't want to take him with him with them to the zoo. No, they, they don't, don't want him coming to the zoo with them. And in the book, they give you that because they talk about, oh, well, maybe your friend Yvonne can take him. No, she's on vacation in Mallorca. Maybe Aunt Marge can take him. No, she hates him. And there's another little touch in there. They're actually talking about a grown woman hating a boy. Yeah. A little kid. Which, I mean, I, sometimes kids are assholes. I mean, can I just say sometimes? Okay, kids are I, as a teacher, but... I do have students that <laughs> maybe, are rough, and maybe I don't say that on the internet. I, well, I'm not about to call them that word that you used. I will actually <laughs> censor myself in this moment. But as, as what I was about to say is, I do have kids that are rough that challenge me. That I go home and maybe have an extra glass of wine that night after dealing with them. But that doesn't stop me from going back and seeing them the next time, and giving them a chance and trying to keep rapport with them and give them whatever I can as a teacher. To be fair, you get paid to do that. I'm also a decent human being. <laughs> I, well, I would like true. to think. I mean, and I, I mean, the Dursleys and Aunt Marge, who we haven't actually met yet, and she was not mentioned in the movie, but we will later see that they all, they're all shitbags. I mean, yes, they are all shitbags, but also... Here's the thing, if I'm a shitbag and I'm faced with having to watch a decent kid, I'm not going to want it because I'm a shitbag. There is that. There is that. I don't know if that made any sense, but I, 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 think, I think you did. But, um, so yeah, all of those mentions of characters were completely taken out. Um, another big cut of a character was Dudley's best friend, Pierce Polkis. That just sounds like a dick name. Oh, 100%. I mean, like, you can't have that name. Like, that name alone would cause you to grow up and be a dick. Right. Well, I mean, Piers Morgan really ruined the name Piers for me anyway. I honestly, I'm going to blame the name. Yeah. I, I think you name your kid Piers and you probably screw them for life. Congratulations. Apo apologies it's to like, anyone who named their child Piers who might be listening to us. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, no um, apologies. Apparently you suck. <laughs> but oh, I... Anyway, I don't think that Pierce was that necessary to the story. No. The one thing that he really showed is just how much of a brat Dudley is. Because yeah. he's throwing this big tantrum, crying about Harry coming to the zoo with him, and then the second his best friend shows up, he just wipes it out like it's nothing. So you know it's not real. Yeah. And they even say that in the book, that he's, like, fake crying. Yeah, he's There are all these big the crocodile tears, and mm -hmm. his friend shows up, and he has to save face and be all cool. So yeah. he stops throwing his tantrum and they well, the go other to the thing zoo. too is now now he's got now he's got two on his side. You know, he's got someone else to pick on Harry with too. Yeah, as, you know, gang up on him. Thank you. That's that's, that's the word exactly you're looking I was, for. Yes. Yes. Say you me. So, <laughs> um, so, but then something that they did, I think, pretty similarly that didn't change that much is 
And both Vernon warns Harry that there better not be any funny business. Yeah, they put that they put that line in both, but here's the thing. They don't give any examples in the movie of funny business. And uh, in the book, we're told of many instances of it's funny true, business. It's true, but in the book, we're also aware already that yes. Harry it comes from magic. In the movie, we don't have any idea at this point. True. We know that for some reason... Well, um, but I mean, he was brought there by a motherfucking wizard. So... There's an idea. There's, that there's an magic idea. No, involved. there's absolutely an idea. But like I <laughs> like I was saying last episode, we don't find out until Harry finds out. And I yeah. think giving us those instances in the movie that he has had strange things happen in the past. Yeah. It, it like but it would meantime, kind of it would kind of like spoil the big like reveal. we see Harry do magic supposedly. Like yeah. that's what you are meant to imply. Like we're not a hundred percent what happened with the glass. Mm-hmm. But like that's what we're. But at the same time, I mean, you're 100% like it's, you're like it. I mean, he did his little blink thing. Like <laughs> you guys can't see me, but I totally just did like a twitch she, blink. She really did. Um, so there's that warning. But then in the book, we get the list of the weird things that he's had happen. Yeah. And so they like, but again, but we, because I'm saying though, because we didn't get that in the film, Vernon just looks like a big old bag of assholes because he's sitting there like it looks like he's blaming a child for well, doing stuff that we don't have i mean we don't have any idea what yeah, he's done we don't know why we, he's talking just, about like what is like what is this kid seems perfectly sweet yeah uh, but uh but i also think that vernon is supposed to look like a bag of assholes because vernon is a bag of assholes vernon is definitely a bag of assholes and i mean yeah that's just that's his new name <laughs> bag i'm of sorry assholes? bag of assholes I'm, I'm cool with that so bag of assholes, bag of is, assholes warns harry he warns a child who we have no idea, but he seems to have this idea that this kid is out to get him. Almost. Right. No, there better not be any funny business or you won't get meals for a week. Yeah. Like, bag of assholes, indeed. First off, you're locking a kid in a cupboard under the stairs. Second off, you're you're threatening him by taking away nourishment and food, which I'm sure he probably you're doesn't get. You're also forcing him to, like, wait on you, essentially. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I would say Harry's treated like a dog, but dogs are treated better. <laughs> but By people really, who like their dogs, yes. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, locked in a kennel he for overnight. And, 100% and... treated like an inconvenience. Oh, yes. And a burden. Well, I mean, to them, he is. Yeah. He is. And as we, as we know in uh, Chapter 1, where we find out essentially a little, a little bit about... Um, the Dursley's dislike of um, Harry's parents. We find out a tiny little bit, like in the that book. Yeah, in the book. Yeah, that they're they're not normal. They're yeah. They they, they don't want to was... They don't want to have anything to do with them, and they're yeah. afraid people are going to find out. Exactly. It's, it's a taste of it, so but we, we know, don't know why. Yeah, but we know there's already a prejudice. Yes. Of their uh, yes. there of some kind. We just don't know why or where it's coming from or you know like where it's going yeah exactly where it's going you don't you don't have to be a bag of assholes i think they do i think for the purposes of the story yes they. i think it's just ingrained in him to be a bag of assholes but um so then another another minor change is just they kind of cut out the opening scene at the zoo in Mm -hmm. the book you get to see like harry 
actually getting a cheap lemon ice pop when Dudley and Pierce get their real ice cream and yeah. and the lady asks him what which he is, wants before exactly. they yeah. can usher him away. I say which is more than he would have gotten right. any other day so anyway. So it like it feels like on some level they're aware that they're absolute dicks to him and uh, they have to keep up appearances that they're not which yeah is I think makes it worse. Well, I think anybody knows when they're being a dick. Mm. It's just whether or not they care if they're being a dick. And they care in the sense that they don't want to be perceived as not normal. Oh, yeah. Perception is everything. Yeah. They care. They are so involved with how other people see them. And they only want to be seen as normal. And they only want to be seen as just just like everybody else. Or or better than them. Or, yeah, exactly. Depending on the person, you know. For sure. They are, they're, they're perfectly normal, and thank you very much, and you're not going to tell me otherwise, and I am not otherwise. So it would have been very abnormal if they walked away from the ice cream lady without letting Harry get anything. Exactly. So, and same thing with... I mean, you're already seeing a kid wearing clothes that are six sizes too big for That's him, true. And... It, they mention in the book that he's wearing Dudley's old clothes, and in the movie, his clothes are just too big on him. It's, yeah. it's, it's apparent. Yeah, he um, has he has gigantic hand downs. Yeah, yeah, and and you even see too the the quality of them is it's not even just that they're too big. It's Dudley has worn these clothes. He has worn these clothes. You know, yeah, <laughs> like they're not they're not well cared for clothes. No. You know, they have been worn. You couldn't sell these bitches at a resale shop. No, you know? but they don't have to. They can pawn them off on the the kid they don't want to buy clothes for. Exactly. So. Um, but yeah, so. But it's yet another way of them showing yeah. that they don't want anything to do with him. They don't want to have to take care of him. They resent him entirely. They completely resent him. And it's still, it kind of brings me back to the question we asked as a Potter pondering in the first episode is why did they keep him? What made them keep him if all they were going to do was treat him like this? Yeah. Well, I mean, it had to be Dumbledore's letter. Right. Whatever and was in Dumbledore's letter. I would love to just read it word for word. Right. I want to know. Exactly. But anyway, back to the the book and the movie. Mm -hmm. We tangented it a little bit there. Um, So in addition, we do that. (laughs) In addition to the lack of like the ice pop, the earlier part they did. Yeah, they did the meal right to the and like Harry even got to finish Dudley's Knickerbocker glory (laughs) because there wasn't enough ice cream on top, and and it was just like they established that it was a really good day for him. And that was completely out of the norm. And it was, and it was completely on accident a lot. Yeah, a lot, a lot of, of it. This. Like we were saying, you know, the the Dursleys didn't want him to have any mm-hmm. of this stuff. If they would have had their way, he'd have been with Mrs. Fig all day anyhow. Right. Not having any fun but stuff it was, with all the cats, yeah. you know. Yeah. But yeah, so in the movie, they jumped right into the reptile house. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's where all the real action happened to forward the story anyway yeah exactly. Uh, and then there were a couple of minor differences there um in the book the snake was a boa constrictor yeah as opposed to a burmese python in the right movie. and i don't know if that i don't know what that change was for that's just another one of those things like why 37 why 36 why boa constrictor why burmese python um, yeah i mean in both the glass disappears uh, yeah, but only in the movie does the glass come back, mm-hmm. which I liked. I did like that was that was that was a really fun touch that to was, have the scene of Dudley pounding on the, gra- the well, glass and the panic on Petunia's face. Yeah, well, when you're dealing with people who suck, 
you want to see him suffer, and you want to see Ben like when when that glass vanishes, and Dudley just goes you know ass over apple cart into that, into that <laughs> snake enclosure. You're just like. Fuck yeah. Yeah. You you deserve that yeah, shit. Yeah, so you've you got... You know, nobody likes the kid that taps on the glass. No, nobody he was totally... So, so, yeah, Bag of Assholes Jr. Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. Is is banging on the glass and in the movie, and Harry's just like, he's asleep! Yeah. <laughs> like, leave him alone! Yeah. And, um, and Harry sticks up for the snake, and Dudley's bored and walks away, and... Yeah. And so Harry has this whole conversation. I, I feel like... That stayed pretty close, and the only real difference was the change of the snake being a, um, a python versus a boa constrictor. And then when the snake slithers out, when the glass disappears and the snake slithers out, he says, thanks, amigo, yeah. in the book. But he's a boa constrictor. He's from Brazil. Like, yeah, he's so going to speak Spanish. Right? So he's not going to say, when he's a Burmese python, he's not going to say amigo. He I don't think, speak Spanish. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think that uh, Burma people Bur- Bur- burmese <laughs> burmese the burmese <laughs> the burma people the burma people the burmese i don't think they speak spanish so i don't think they do <laughs> so at this point we've got in the movie we've got dudley trapped in the glass um whereas, which again that's another you know bag that, of assholes juniors trapped behind the glass and, and, and that's adding to your like you're like yeah not only did you fall into that cage and you're stuck there now. Yes, Sucks and that, to be that is also much more cinematographic. And like in the book, you you get the idea that this is kind of like upsetting because yeah. they talk about the the snake snapping at people's heels and uh, which I mean I, I mean I'm not gonna lie I I love I love the the little bit of retribution you kind of get in this scene in the movie Dudley being stuck in the enclosure, but if I were there. I'd be running away shit in my pants at the same time. <laughs> like, snakes scare the crap out of me. Yeah. Which I'm... is weird because I'm a Slytherin. <laughs> but I am, I am, snakes are the worst thing to me in the world. I'm sorry I, to all the snake enthusiasts out there, but I'm sorry. If it, if it doesn't have legs, it shouldn't move. That's just, that's my rule. I don't trust anything with less than two legs and more than four. That's, that's where I end. And I'm not that fond <laughs> well, of. I, I am totally cool with snakes behind a glass. I actually, I'm very fascinated by scale patterns. And as an artist, I always, I always talk about, like, I'll go to the zoo and I'll be like, ah, I want to do a whole series of painting that's like a close-up on snake scales. And of course, I've never done that. But I talk about it. I find them gorgeous to look at. From behind glass. I, but absolutely. If I whatnot, was, you know, you know, had my easel set up, was painting a snake and the glass disappears and the snake starts slithering toward me. Right? I, that's a, that's a brown pants moment. That's, that's should, a. Should have worn my brown pants. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So in the movie, we've got Bag of Assholes Jr. trapped behind the glass and we've got Petunia and Vernon just freaking out. And um, Harry's just lying on the floor because Dudley shoved him. But he's laughing at this whole situation. This is entertaining to him. And then Vernon notices. Yeah. Vernon notices him on the ground laughing, and you just see his face. Yeah. And, um... And you kind of see Harry almost go like, ha ha ha, oh oh, shit. shit. (laughs) In the book, nobody really noticed that Harry had been part of this whole situation. Um, because it wasn't quite as dramatic. You just had a snake escape and the, the zookeeper being like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. And, um, and it wasn't until the car ride home when Pierce is just like, Harry was talking to the snake, right? <laughs> You're just like, damn it, Pierce. 
shut your mouth, Piers. What the hell's wrong with you? And um, that is that is what tipped Vernon off that Harry that may have happened. done some funny business. <laughs> <laughs> it did kind of lead to a similar situation in the book. He was sent to his cupboard without meals, mm-hmm. but it, I feel like it was far more dramatic in the movie and. I think well, we he are, grabs him by the hair. by the hair, and that's why I think you had said earlier that, like the movie, like really kind of shows them as more abusive. Like in the yeah. book, they're more neglectful, but mm-hmm. in the movie, it which is which is to be fair, it's also, also abuse for sure. Also it's, abused. Um, you know, there's no there's but no that downplaying is, that at all. No, but no. But we're talking physical, emotional abuse versus physical and emotional abuse. Like yeah. they, he gets a dose of both. Yeah. In the movie. Oh, for sure. For sure. Treated like a slave and treated, you know, terribly. And given old clothes, not given anything. Not even given a room. Right. He doesn't even all have a room. That, all of that is is complete and total neglect. And it is emotional abuse. Yeah. And I have no idea how Harry is as normal as he is, considering that's, how abnormal he is. That's legitimately a topic for another... Um, for um, another yeah, we will, I, have, I have thoughts. We will definitely delve into that at I some point. I for sure feel some um, kind we of would, way about this, that. We could also insert this as a potter pondering. <clears throat> I'd love to hear you guys and what you yeah. think... Like, why did Harry turn out as well as he did? For sure. Um, and let's and let's you know what I would I would like to hear from uh, any healthcare professionals. Yeah, and we could make a good discussion out of this. In the movie, it's just like, or in the book, I mean, it's just like the ne- the neglect of go to bed, no meals, or go to your cupboard, no meals. Mm-hmm. And Harry's even just waiting for them to go to sleep so he can sneak out. To go get something to eat. So obviously in the book, he's not even locked in. Yeah. He's unless not he's like accidentally performing magic to release himself and doesn't even realize it. Right. But, but if, I mean, if he's doing that, then I, I feel like at that point, you see that he does these things or we read about, they give you examples of things that just weird things that happen around him, but he has no idea. Now, yeah, if, he does not now know if, he's doing that. Shockingly, every time he finds himself hungry and the door is unlocked... After he knows that they locked it, obviously he would kind of go, oh, maybe I did do that. Right. And I don't think he's doing that. So I'm pretty confident in saying that he is not being locked in the cupboard in the book. I agree. I agree for sure. But clearly in the movie, there's a slide lock on it. Yeah, there's one of those those bathroom stall locks on the door. Like like you were saying, bag of assholes grabs him by the hair. Yeah. And like, like by the hair. Like the top of the head, too. That's that shit's painful. Yeah. I mean... We say that like it's happened to us often. I mean... I can imagine. I, I'm i not saying that there's a right way to pull hair, but there's <laughs> there's a right way to pull there's, hair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and let's top just, of the head is not the right way. Just keep rolling. Let's just keep uh, rolling but yeah, on. Rolling on. So, yes, he uh, grabs him by the hair and yells in his face about what happened and then yeah. shoves him into... The cupboard and locks him in there. Yeah, and even close, even that that little vent thing that he had, which was his only light source. Yeah, closes that. You know, there's no such thing as magic. And slams that, so he's not even. It's not even just that he's locked in a cupboard. That that bitch is dark. There's no, there's yeah. no outside light. How does this boy not have a vitamin D deficiency? He probably does. Have you seen how little he is? That is true. But is he really that little, or is it just being dwarfed by Dudley's clothes? Well, that... I mean, they do say in the book that he's small and skinny for his age. Yeah. But, but again, because he's kept in a goddamn cupboard. Yeah. And it's like a goldfish. You keep a goldfish and a bowl, and they stay small. You put them in a big-ass fish tank, and yeah. they'll get bigger. Yeah. 
So Harry is like a goldfish in his little cupboard. Do you think uh, he had a growth spurt after they moved him out of there? We can talk about that more when that happens. Well, I mean, he. Do- I mean, obviously he does. Yeah, that's true. He- Molly Weasley even mentions that again. Exactly. We can talk about that later. Later. So yeah, that is uh, that is our summary and comparison of the book and movie for this scene and this these, this chapter. And again, I thought that despite the minor differences, they absolutely nailed the story they were trying to tell they did they did and i kind of i wonder if they would have kept all of the earlier parts of the zoo in if you would have kind of been like i think it would have dragged yeah would we have turned into dudley and gone this is boring and walked away (laughs) i don't know i mean i feel like i feel like you could word for word scene for scene transcribe the book into a movie and it could end up being 20 hours long and we would watch it and not get bored make no mistake (laughs) screenwriters out there bitches will watch this like we will like i mean you got two viewers right here i can guarantee you that but i i would love to see i would love to see all of the books redone, you know, like like uh, the BBC's Pride and Prejudice, where it was like a mini series. Yeah, and, that would be know, amazing. I would love that. That'd be amazing. Will it happen? Probably not, but it'd be wonderful. However, along with along with the fact that they did um, an excellent job at at showing, you know, what we what we needed to see from this, which was basically how terrible the Dursleys are. You needed the introduction to the Dursleys. You needed the introduction. How of, much of, Harry's life sucks. Yeah, of how much it, how terrible it is. And how uh, hopeless it really seemed. Because he, you know, there's no end in sight for him. He says, you know, it's just... Like, by this point, you're like, oh my god, that poor kid. Yeah. And as... as You almost forget. This this isn't just today. He's dealt with this for ten years. Right? We saw him dropped off as a baby. Yeah. It's not just one day. This has been his This has been his life. life. This has been his life. You know, to the point where it's it's shocking to and us, but for still, him, he's just like, yeah, yeah that's kind of used to it now. And it's still he's still this incredibly sweet kid who stands up for a snake that's being yeah, pestered and yeah. talks to the snake, apologizes for the behavior. Like, right? this is clearly a kid that needs some friends. And it's well, just like, it's all around, like, it's infuriating and it's very sad at the same time. Can, can, can I also just say, I, I struggle a little bit with how quickly Harry came to terms with the fact that the snake is talking to him. He literally goes from like, can you hear me? And the snake says yes, and he's like... Okay, well, let's just... You're well, from Burma, aren't technically, you? Technically, he is talking to the snake, and the snake is just, like, nodding. Yeah, but... So, s- like, like the snake's not talking until he says thanks. No, I know and that, And there is, but I like, mean, the shock on his face when he hears the snake say thanks. But if an animal started looking like it was responding to my questions, I'm running the fuck away. I don't know that I'd run away. I feel like I would be convinced that I was Dr. Doolittle, and I... <laughs> Like, I mean, as a kid, that'd be pretty fucking cool. Okay, I'm just going to keep going back to the fact that I have an inherent fear of snakes. And yeah, if one I think starts, that's what... Now, if, if I got was, the feeling that one was understanding me... If I'm you had, like, this adorable away. little bunny rabbit responding to you, you might feel completely different about I it. I guess. Are you allergic to bunnies, I'm too? allergic to anything. Oh, that's so sad. I know, I lead a sad life. It is so sad. I just, as long as you're not allergic to me. So, um, in this chapter, and... How it came to life in the movie, we got to see four new actors. We did. That bringing our characters to life. So we want to talk a little bit about them. And who is our first one? Um, well, first we have Daniel Radcliffe as Harry Potter. We see him in the He in is the, the first person we see in the movie. But we don't actually see 
any action from him. Right. It's just his The face. first person that we see action from is Fiona Shaw as Aunt Petunia, banging on the door and being a, banging being a on the door. bitch. Um, Mrs. Bag of Assholes. Mrs. Bag of Assholes. Madam Bag of Assholes. Lady Bag of Assholes. <laughs> Mademoiselle Bag of Assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Make that sound as classy as it can. Yes. Yes, Dame Bag of Assholes. <laughs> but yeah, she... I, I have to say, um, uh, she was in fact a bag of assholes. She she really, played an excellent. I like my one complaint about her was that she wasn't blonde. Yeah, which is just you know me being that book fan that just and yeah, she was described as being blonde with nearly twice the amount of normal neck. And yeah. I and I do think she had nearly twice the amount of normal neck. Like she, she did. did. She she had the best bitchy petunia. Oh, facial expressions. We were watching the movie and accidentally paused right on this like really snotty look on her face when she's wandering oh, around perfect. the zoo. And like, oh, we were like, that is the most perfect Petunia face that could ever have been done ever. Yeah. <laughs> Petunia's hair color had absolutely no bearing on no. her character. I'm nitpicking. Well, I know yeah. that I'm nitpicking. But that that was my one complaint about her. Other than that, I thought she was a bitchy bag of assholes. She was great. And she was supposed to be. That's yeah. why she was yeah. so great. And, and you know, on one hand, you're like, God, I hate her. I hate but her you're so supposed much. To. But you're supposed to. Yeah. And that's how you know. Oh, she nailed it. Uh, the next the next character, obviously, that we meet is uh, Harry Melling as Harry Dudley. Melling. Who, aside, again, aside from the blonde. Right. Because he was supposed also to supposed to be blonde. He was supposed to look like a pig, too. They, he really describes he, him as, like, looking like a pig did. in a wig. You think so? He did have the right quality. He certainly tantrumed well. Yes. My only true complaint is that he wasn't blonde. Mm-hmm. But I do think that he was a very good Dudley. Again, it's the same thing with Fiona Shaw, where you you watch him and you're like, God, you suck. But you needed to. Yeah, you're supposed to think that. You're they not... did their job. Yeah, if I, if I watched this and thought, oh, but I bet he's really a good kid. He's, he seems all right. He doesn't no. seem that bad. You don't. That's bad acting. But you, you didn't do that. So but exactly, you didn't. Problem do that at solved. All. Crisis averted. Yeah. <laughs> right. Way to pick a good asshole. Nice. <laughs> Bag of assholes, junior check. Yes. <laughs> Which leads us to Bag of assholes, senior. What is hilarious to me as we had the two characters that in the book were described as blonde, being brunette, and then we had <laughs> Vernon, who was Vernon. described as being brunette, having light hair in yeah. the movie. But again. Oh my I god, him he was so awful. Much. Awful. Like the worst of the bunch. Yeah. And like just like with that moment that he grabbed Harry's hair, I was just like, I kind of want to punch you in the face. Yeah. Well and again too Like let that kid go. What is wrong with you? Yeah. And really, too, you like we t- well, like we talked about earlier about how they cut out all the examples of Harry doing his accidental magic. Mm-hmm. But yet we see we see Vernon saying, you know, any funny business. You really got a sense of while we didn't see it and while it would have been nice. There to was see a it, history there. Yeah, you you got that sense of like with Vernon, especially even more so than with Petunia, you got the sense of this dude hates this kid. But it kind of makes you wonder too, how much did they argue over whether or not to keep Harry? How like would Petunia have been as bad to Harry if Vernon weren't there? Because this is her, like, this is her blood. This is her sister's son. Would Petunia have been as awful to Harry without Vernon's influence? Because I think he is the bigger asshole of the bunch. Well, I think, I think Vernon is definitely a, a, a huge influence on both Dudley and Petunia. 
as the as the patriarch because again they're the normal they're so family. normal so they're the normal family so that husband the dad calls the what shots. dad says goes exactly exactly no no funny business here yeah exactly and and for it almost rings of of a little bit of an emotional abuse on petunia's part where maybe not abuse it's certainly a little manipulative thank you Thank you. It's more, yeah, it's for sure, like, like she's been manipulated by, by Vernon right. in future books. It'll definitely come up so much later. So I think later. we should focus back on Richard Griffiths. But you definitely, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and, because I don't even think we've said the actor's name until we this point. We haven't. So Richard Griffiths, who played Bag of Assholes Sr., also known as Vernon Dursley. Yes. Um, he nailed it, and he made us hate him. There was just something about... Like, the look on his face when he looked at Harry, and you were just like, I hate you. Even before he's... Right. Like, from the first word of, get my coffee, boy. You're just like, you Ugh. dick, shut up. Right. As much as I wanted to see the Dursleys that I pictured from the book description, I also could not imagine any other actors that looked more the part playing them as well. Oh, for sure. So I feel like with those three casting of the Dursleys, I one really enjoyed I it because I hated it so much. So um, the one character that we haven't ultimately talked about, the the actor, we mentioned him, but we never went into detail of what we thought of Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, who is what kind of the title character? Wow, man! So did we like Daniel Radcliffe as Harry Potter? You know, he was all right. I'm totally kidding. He's fucking awesome. I, I loved him. <laughs> Everything that he's done since, I like, I've watched other things just because he's been in them. Oh, yeah. I I mean, I, I, I think it's been neat watching him grow as an actor as well. Yeah. Uh, but I, I thought that he did a fantastic job as Harry. Mm-hmm. And once again, my only complaint is that his eyes weren't green. Yeah. And I, and I remember hearing a story that they tried to put him in the green context and they really, like, he was, like, allergic to them. And, yeah. And so he could not wear the contacts. And they were like, how important is this? Because we can CGI his eye color. And J.K. Rowling was just like, as long as they are the same as his mother eye- mother's eyes, it's fine. But they weren't. They weren't. <laughs> Which is a topic for another story. But we We're, are just yes. going to gloss on over that. And yeah, glossing say over. Say that aside. Well, and his hair was never messy enough. It was. He had like this perfect sleek brown hair when it was supposed to be messy and black. I don't know that it was necessarily like, it didn't seem perfect and sleek. It almost seemed like dirty to me. It struck me more as like. Oh, he had this amazing silky sleek haircut in the first movie. I didn't see it that way. It looked looked, It didn't look messy in the sense of like. Someone grabbed his hair and tousled it. No, I was I was looking for the hair sticking up in the back. But again, here's me nitpicking. True. But I am doing this on behalf of all listeners out there (laughs) who wanted Harry to have green eyes and messy black hair. You know what? I I wish he would have had the green eyes. I really do. I feel like JK, I don't want to say you dropped the ball, but I mean he should have had green eyes. I kind of understand them not doing the CGI for his eyes. In the first, like, to start off, they didn't entirely know how well this movie was going to play out. It was the first in the series. This could have bombed. No, you don't understand how much of a pain in the ass it is to do that kind of CGI. Because you have to do it frame by frame. I understand that. It's, It's not an easy thing to do. I understand that. However, 
my point is that Harry Potter made them more money than made Warner Brothers more money than they will ever know what to do with. They couldn't have tossed some of that into CGIing his eyes. Oh, sure they could have, but but that's but that's my point. Yeah. But I'm I'm even coming to Warner Brothers' defense on this one. You didn't. We didn't know how well this movie was going to do. You didn't know if. You know, they could. It could have pulled a Narnia, and they made three movies, and then, yeah, I saw, I'm making I a face. face. Oh yeah, Narnia was not good, which is sad because it was a good series. Yeah, but and, yeah, I no, hoping... it is entirely possible that they did not have. They didn't think it needed that effort. Yeah, they, they could didn't... not have predicted what it was going to become. And again, it it truly his eye color really didn't have any bearing on the story. So it was just like, a, is this that big of a deal? Did we know the fans were going to get this nitpicky about it? All we can hope is that in this imaginary fantasy remake that we hope is going to happen, his eyes are green. That they get it right. Yeah. Which I think they, I feel like any future filmmaker knows would have learned from all of this. Not necessarily us personally, but how many like us who have said this, these exact heads things. everywhere. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know anybody that's been like, no. I thought Harry looked perfect. I wouldn't change a goddamn thing about him. Yeah. I don't know anybody that said that. No. People who didn't read the book. <laughs> Could be the case. Um, but so that pretty much wraps up what we wanted to talk to you about in this episode. And I think we that's can for move chapter on two. for chapter two, um, the Vanishing Glass. Yeah. I think we can move on to our Sorting Hat story. Ooh. And our Sorting Hat story today is from. Richie Gagan, our nemesis turned ally. Yes, we actually competed against him um, on a solo team. He was by himself against me and Katie and our four other people on our team and tied us. And I, I had to face off with him one on one. And it was a very, it was very, very intense. It was very intense. Um, the only reason why we won is because I could write faster than him. That's, yeah. So it, we actually. We call him our nemesis turned ally because the very the next, very next trivia we made him join our team so we could dominate. It was it was pretty epic. Yeah, it was a lot of fun too. Yeah, it was a lot of fun because he's he's so sweet. But yeah, Richie is a Ravenclaw. He has a holly wand that is twelve inches with a unicorn hair core, and a fox patronus. I like that. Knowing yeah. knowing him, I can that I works. Can totally see that. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Richie writes. I was in fourth grade, and the Scholastic Book Fair was at school. My mom went with me, and she had heard about this new book series called Harry Potter. She thought it would be something I might like, so she bought me Sorcerer's Stone. I started reading it and instantly loved it. I've been a huge Harry Potter fan ever since. I went to midnight book release parties for the last three books and saw all the movies on opening day. I've been to two Harry Potter fan conventions, LeakyCon 2011 and LeakyCon 2019. And the theme parks in Orlando and L.A. I went on the WB Studio Tour in London. I've met so many amazing friends through our shared love of these books and this world. I can honestly say I wouldn't be the person I am today if it wasn't for Harry Potter. Aww. And that's so sweet. Thanks for sharing that with us, Richie. He's adorable. We love you, Richie. Yeah. And you are welcome on our trivia team anytime. Oh, yeah. If you want your Sorting Hat story shared in a future episode... Email us at justkeeprolling at gmail.com. Let us know your house, your wand, the wood, the core, and the length, your Patronus, and how you got into Harry Potter. We look forward to reading your stories. So, 
Our trivia question for today uh, is, what made Aunt Marge ill? If you know the answer to this, go to our Facebook page, JKR Podcast, and find the corresponding post. Type in the answer on, in a comment with the code word postcard. And if you are the first person to do so, we will contact you through Facebook and get you your surprise prize. You and your surprise prize. I'm just, I can't let that go now. Anyway, join us next week. We'll give you the answer and let you know who got it correct with the code word. Next week, we will start chapter three, the letters from no one and the corresponding film scenes. Make sure you like, subscribe, and give us a review. Thanks for listening. We hope you hear us again. I'm Katie. I'm Ellen. Until the next time, just keep rolling. Thank you.